Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Ohio silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come Silver. Pete Barrow, the stagecoach guard, was sitting in the town marshal's chair with his feet propped up on the desk when the marshal, Ben Steele, entered the office. Pete scrambled to his feet. Evening, Ben. What's the matter? You look like you've seen a ghost. Yeah. The judge getting the split on every one of our crooked jobs we would run this town as we like for the past year. Now, that coyote has to show up. Who? Jed Wilkins. Why should you worry about him? He's nothing but a saddle tramp. He asked me to drop in at his cabin tonight. It's that old shack out in the woods. I've just come from there. What do you want? A thousand dollars. For what? To keep his mouth shut. He recognized us. Me, anyway. Threatened to turn me over to the law for that bank job in St. Joe. Almost two years ago. What'd you tell him? Nothing. I made sure he wouldn't do any talking to anybody. Here. You killed him? Yeah. And just left him there? Yeah. Well, you should have buried him, got rid of the body. That's the thing. He'd never be missed, a saddle tramp. People would think he just wandered on if no one found his body. Come on, we better get back there. Not so fast. 
Maybe I want his body to be found. Why? There's someone else I'd like to get rid of. Young Johnny Morton? That's right. There's no reason to be afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. But you saw what happened at the palace last night. So Sally was having trouble with Wilkins. She called on Johnny for help and he knocked Wilkins down. It didn't amount to anything. She called on Johnny instead of me. I guess she likes him. Well, that's why I don't like him. I saw him heading out of town tonight. The direction of Painted Ridge. My bets are he's meeting Sally up there. Ah, forget it. Not a chance. Well, I wouldn't advise you to shoot it out with Morton. He's mighty handy with his guns. You can be real stupid when you want to be, Pete. Maybe so. Maybe it's safer to be stupid sometimes. Listen, Johnny Morton had a fight with Wilkins last night. Tonight we find Wilkins with a bullet through his heart. Before he dies, he tells us who shot him. The words of a dying man are hard to beat in any court of law. You want me... To back up my word when I testify Wilkins accused Johnny of murder. I say bury Wilkins and forget him. Forget Johnny and forget Sally. No, 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 no. We're doing this my way. We'll ride out to the cabin now and bring back the body. Two hours later, Johnny Morton and Sally Lane rode down the main street of Ashland toward the Palace Cafe. I sure feel like celebrating tonight. Johnny, you gave me your promise. All right. You'll leave here without telling anyone. You'll go to the valley, buy your ranch, and then send for me. I'll meet you in Red Rock, and we'll be married there. Well, why should we keep it a secret? Because that's the way I want it. Does Marsha Ben Steele have anything to do with it? Ben Steele means absolutely nothing to me. In that but case... But you do. This is a bad town, Johnny. There are men here who'll stop at nothing. Then why should I leave you here? Because it'd be too dangerous for me to leave with you. I mean that, and I know what I'm talking about. I'll be perfectly all right as long as you're not around. It almost sounds as if you're trying to get rid of me. It's nothing like that. It's just that Ben is jealous. Why? She has absolutely no right to be, but he is. Hmm. I'd like to have a little talk with him before I go. Not one word. Johnny, I have your promise. All right, all right. Big crowd in front of the palace. Another fight, I suppose. No sign of one, but everybody seems to be heated up about something. Well, there's Ben. He's coming this way. Oh, whoa, whoa there. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, don't make a move, Morton. I got you covered. Climb down from that rock. What's the idea, Ben? Get his guns, Pete. Right. Wait a minute. Morton, you're under arrest for the murder of Jed Wilkins. What? Murder? Have you gone loco, Ben? Oh, I don't know anything about any murder. I thought you'd say that. You left Jed for dead and figured no one could ever tie you up with a shooting. But Jed was still alive when Pete and I found him. He told us the whole story. You had an argument with Jim last night about Sally. Tonight you came to his place spoiling for a fight. He went for his gun to protect himself. You outdrew him, shot him through the heart. Just a moment. When did this shooting take place? About three hours ago. Johnny was with me then. He met me outside of town and we rode up to Painted Ridge. He met you after he shot Wilkins. That isn't true. Wilkins' cabin is in the woods, and Johnny came from the direction of town. You two are aiming to get hitched, aren't you? That's our business. It's the law's business. It explains why you're trying to save his neck with a lie. I suppose you'll lie in a witness stand. But we have the dead man's word that Johnny is guilty. All right, take him away, man. Let's go. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had been camped near Ashland for several days, and Tonto had spent most of his time in town. 
What he had seen and heard had convinced the masked man that neither the town marshal, Ben Steele, nor the district judge, Simon Rogers, were to be trusted. And when Toto reported Johnny's arrest, he was even more certain. Now, Toto, you saw the body. Ah. Is it true that Wilkins was shot through the heart? It looked that way. And yet he lived long enough to accuse Morton of killing him? That's what Marshall say. I don't believe it's possible. Girls say Morton meet her outside town at time of murder. Him come from town and not from woods where Wilkin live. Me believe her. With a good lawyer and a fair trial, I'm sure the boy would be acquitted. But him not get fair trial. And there's no good lawyer in town. I know where there's one. Tonto, there are still more honest men in Ashland than crooks. And if this case could be used to arouse them, it might clean up the place. Where you find lawyer? In Horseshoe Valley, the A-Bar Ranch. Oh, that long way. Silver could make it before morning. Oh, what lawyer do on ranch? He's retired now. I'm talking about old Jonathan Ashland, the man for whom this town was named. I believe he'd come back if he knew how much he was needed. Maybe so. I'll try to persuade him anyway. Here, Silver. You want me ride with you? No, you better stay here. Steady, Silver. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, when's the trial? When judge get back from Pasadobo. That's soon now. Let's hope it isn't tomorrow. There. Keep a close watch on the marshal, Tonto. Uh-huh. Easy, steady, big fellow. Adios. Adios. Monsilve! Dawn was breaking when Jonathan Ashland was awakened by someone knocking at the door of his ranch house. He hurried to open it. Man. Uh, sir, I've only drawn my gun because I want you to listen to me before you call your men. Will you give me a few minutes of your time? I seem to have no choice. Thank you, sir. Well? Quickly, the Lone Ranger described the conditions in Ashland, the corruption of its judge and marshal, the number of outlaws who infested the town, and finally, the specific reason for his visit to Horseshoe Valley, the murder charge against Johnny Morton, the possibility that the young cowboy might be hanged without a fair trial. And so I'm asking you to defend Morton. May I see one of the cottages in your belt? Yes, sir. It's Silver, isn't it? Yes, sir. The white horse you ride. Do you call him Silver? I do, Mr. Ashland. And you wear a mask. But even without these things, your errand would be enough to identify you. Will you take the case? It's hard for me to believe Ashland could have changed so much. Ben Steele and Judge Rogers are responsible. Well, something must be done about them, of course. I'm an old man, though. I haven't touched a law book in ten years. Well, there's nothing difficult about the case. I can see that. Fair play is all that's necessary. Your presence in the courtroom would assure it. And if you'll come back to Ashland, you'll bring new courage to the honest people of the town. Sir... I imagined that the days of my usefulness were past. But a colder duty such as this, with it, it makes me feel better than I've felt in years. I'll take the case. Good. If you think you can make it on horseback, you'll be able to reach the town by nightfall. <laughs> I'd never be able to ride that distance, no. My men will drive me into three rivers, and I'll take the stage from there. I'll be in Ashland at dawn tomorrow morning. Oh, very well, sir. Tonto will be waiting for you at the station. Tonto. You're a friend I've heard so much about. Yes. He'll give you all the information you'll need. All right. Tomorrow morning, then. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye. The Lone Ranger arrived at his camp outside of Ashland late that afternoon, and Tonto was waiting for him with all the news. 
Judge Rogers had returned from Paso Doble, and the trial was set for the next day. Most of the people in town seemed to believe the marshal's story of the dead man's accusation, and it seemed almost certain that Johnny would be convicted. Late that night, Tonto lounged in the shadows near one of the palace's open windows. Judge Rogers was sitting at a table only a few feet away, and as Tonto watched, Ben Steele joined him. Hiya, Ben. You look like the cat who swallowed the canary. Have you framed someone else for another of your murders? Shut up. I've been working. Just paid a call on Sally. You call that work? Yes, and it'll save you work tomorrow. Suits me. More time I spend in court, the less I can spend here. Sally's changed her story, Judge. That's all? She's decided that when Johnny met her last night, he might have come from the direction of the woods. Well, then, there's no reason to listen to her testimony at all. We can hold the trial right now. If there's only you and Pete to listen to... Pete isn't here. He's riding guard on the stage from Three Rivers. Uh, too bad. He'll be here at dawn tomorrow morning. Trial shouldn't take more than 15 minutes. Uh-huh. 15 minutes for the trial and an hour for the hanging. We'll drink to the hanging. Tuttle reported what he had heard to the Lone Ranger. The girl has changed her story? Not right. Maybe her not go to court at all. But she's the only witness Johnny has. Uh. Marshal must have threatened her in some way. Maybe so. I'd better have a talk with her. Where does she live, Tonto? Uh, me show you. Then me go to stage office, wait for lawyer. He should be arriving in less than an hour. Let's get started. Sally had spent a sleepless night. Toward morning, she made herself some coffee and had just poured a cup when the kitchen door burst open. A masked man? What do you want? Sally, do you intend to testify in Johnny's defense? No. I gave Ben my word. Why should he send you here to He didn't up? send me here. And I want to know why you've changed your story about the meeting with Johnny. You're an outlaw. You're no friend of Johnny's. This is a trick. It's no trick, and I am a friend. He has no friends here. Sally, believe this. I want to help him. Otto. Kimasabi, stage get in from Three Rivers. Where's Jonathan Ashland? Him not on stage. They're only guard and driver. No passenger. But he promised. Him not on stage. Kimasabi, guard on stage. Him, Pete Barrow, friend of Marshall's. Yes, of course. The man who backed up the Marshall's accusation. Maybe him learn why lawyer come here. Maybe kill him. We must find out what's happened. You'll be hearing from us as soon as we do, Sally. All right. Come on, Toto. Uh -huh. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. When the stage from Three Rivers arrived in town, Jonathan Ashland was not on board. Pete Barrow, the guard, left the driver to take care of the team and hurried to the marshal's cabin. Through the front window, he could see Ben and Judge Rogers sitting at a table with a bottle between them. Pete entered the cabin without knocking. Morning, Pete. I'm waiting for you. Hey, what's the matter? Plenty. We had a passenger on the stage. What's so terrible about that? His name was Jonathan Ashland. Say that again. Ashland, the lawyer, the hombre that started this town. What's he doing here? He isn't here. I thought you said... Listen, I heard his name in three rivers and I got to wondering. So on the way here, I climbed down into the coach and started to talk to him. Well? It turned out he was coming here to defend Johnny Morton. I don't like it. Neither did I. So I did something about it. Yeah, what? Well... You know that old mill upstream from the trail on Cripple Creek? Yeah. When we got to the ford, I called out to Harry to stop, and I pulled a gun on Ashland. I ordered him out of the stage and marched him up the creek to the mill. I gagged him, bound him hand and foot, and left him there. Well, what about Harry, the driver? Will he keep his mouth shut? I warned him that if he didn't, he'd wind up full of lead, and he knows I meant it. You don't have to worry about him. What about after the hanging? What'll you do with Ashland then? We'll dispose of him. Permanently. Dawn was breaking as Harry Jones, the driver of the stagecoach, closed the door of the stables behind him. A gun was poked in his ribs, and he turned to see a masked man and an Indian. What happened to your passenger? Huh? What passenger? The one you picked up in Three Rivers last night. I, we had no passenger. Don't lie to me. I don't shoot you. You mean the old fella? Yes, where is he? Uh, we, uh, we let him off at Cripple Creek. He'd have no reason to get off at Cripple Creek. I warned you not to lie. I didn't have anything to do with it. Pete Barrow's the man you want to talk to. You can tell us what happened. Well, Pete just made the old fella get out of the stage. There's an old mill on the creek. Pete took him there. Then what? I don't know. Pete come back alone and warned me to keep my mouth shut. Did you hear a shot? No. And there's a chance he's still alive. Jones, if you want to stay healthy, don't mention meeting us to anyone. Oh, don't worry. Come on, Toto. Johnny Morton's trial began shortly after 8 o'clock that morning. Order! Order in the court. The case of the people versus John Morton. Prisoner here, Marshal? Yes, sir. The charge is murder in the first degree. What do you plead, Morton? Not guilty. Get on with it, Marshal. Want to give testimony? Yes, sir. Yeah, put your hand on the book. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. And make it short. Well, that's easy. Pete Barrow and I found Jed Wilkins in his cabin with a bullet hole in his chest. He was dying. But before he died, he told us who shot him. Name the man. John Morton. Point him out. There he is. That's enough. Who's the next witness? Pete Barrow. Yeah. I hand on the book, Pete. You uh, swear to tell the truth? I do. You were with Ben when Judd accused Johnny of killing him. That's right. Anything you want to add? No, Ben said it all. You may step down, then. There's no sense in wasting any more time. You men and the jury have heard the evidence. Now the time has come to consider your verdict. Aren't you even going to listen to me? Morton, there's nothing you can say that'll change the words of a dying man. Your Honor. 
As the attorney for the defense, I demand my right to be heard. Ashland! Jonathan Ashland was recognized by every man in the courtroom as he walked forward to the judge's bench. Most of them were friends, old friends, and they rose to their feet and gave him an ovation. The judge made no move to quiet the uproar, because during it, the door directly behind him had opened a few inches, and the judge was startled to hear his name spoken. Judge Rogers, have you covered? Conduct the rest of this trial according to law, or I'll use this gun. The judge whirled around, but all he could see was the muzzle of a revolver pointing at him through the opening. The voice continued. First, you'll order Ben and Pete to hand over their guns. Who are you? I'm the man who has you covered. That's enough, isn't it? Do as I say. Marshal, before we continue with this trial, I want I want you and Pete to hand over your guns. What's the idea? I know what I'm doing. I said to hand over your guns. You sure? Hurry you? up. All right. Fine. Stop them behind you. That's fine. Now tell Ashton he may go on with the trial. You... You wanted to be heard, Mr. Ashland. Yes, Your Honor. I'd like to call my first witness for the defense. Proceed. Will Miss Sally Lane take the stand? You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Your name, please. Sally Lane. Suppose you tell us in your own words what you know about the murder. I only know that Johnny couldn't have committed it. Why, Sally? Well... The night of the murder, I'd arranged to meet Johnny outside of town. Just as the sun was setting, I went to the livery stable, had my horse saddled, and rode down the main street. I saw Johnny standing in front of the mansion house. I rode on, and I waited for him on the hill, about halfway between the edge of town and the woods. Uh, Now, Sally, were you in a position then to see anyone leaving town heading west? Yes, sir. Did you see anyone? Only Johnny. Could you see him from the moment he left town until he joined you? Yes, sir. Yes. Then what happened? We rode north to Painted Ridge. Jed Wilkins' cabin is in the woods, and Johnny didn't go anywhere near the woods on the night of the murder. He was with me every second of the time until we returned to town and learned that Jed's body had been found and brought to the marshal's office. Help me sell him. Did you at any time agree not to take the stand in Johnny's defense? Yes, sir. Last night. Why? Because I was told that if I kept quiet, Johnny would be let off with a jail sentence. And that if I testified, he'd never leave the courtroom alive. Not even if he were acquitted. Do you mean that you were threatened? Yes, sir. By whom, Sally? By Ben Steele. That will be all, Sally. Now, Your Honor... I'd like to recall Pete Barrow to the stand. He's already testified. I was given no chance to cross-examine him. Uh, well... Recall the witness. But, mister, I... I... Recall the witness. Yeah. Hurry it up, Pete. I've said all I have to Take say. Take the stand. All right. Careful, Pete. Yeah, Ben. Pete, uh, did you hear the shot that killed Jed Wilkins? No. Then why did you and the marshal go to Wilkins' cabin? Well, uh, we heard something that sounded like a shot, and we thought we'd investigate. What did you find when you entered the cabin? We found Jed lying on the floor. Unconscious? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, his eyes were closed, but uh, we gave him a drink of whiskey, and then he was able to talk a little. Uh, Pete, uh, where did the bullet that killed Jed enter his body? Uh, in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> 
Where in the chest? Why, uh, it went straight through the heart. Is that correct, Marshal? That's correct. Gentlemen of the jury, you have heard both witnesses for the prosecution testify under oath that Wilkins was shot through the heart. And yet they expect you to believe that he lived long enough afterward to drink whiskey and accuse Johnny Morton of murder. Oh, wait a minute. Pete Barrow, by your own testimony, you have placed yourself in Jed's cabin on the night of the murder at a time when Jed was still alive. Now, I suggest that it was you who killed Wilkins. No. I suggest the marshal heard the shot you fired and came to investigate. That he found you standing over the body... And because you were a friend, promised to protect you. That's all wrong. It was you who shot Wilkins. I didn't. Ben shot him. Jed knew Ben was wanted for a bank robbery in St. Joe. And Ben shot him to keep him quiet. Your Honor, in view of this testimony, the defense rests and asks the acquittal of the defendant. The defendant is dismissed. I want my gun, Judge. I have it, Ben. Up with your hands. Hey, look, come ask, man. Stand beside the judge. You'd better appoint some special deputies to take Ben and Pete into custody, Judge. Whatever you say. I'd suggest that you let Mr. Ashland recommend them. Go ahead, Ashland. You name them. <coughs> Harrison? Yeah. Adams? Yes, sir. Rent? Logan? Yeah. Take charge of the prisoners? Yes. Here are their guns, Mr. Ashland. Thank you, sir. Adios. I'm leaving, too. Not so fast, Your Honor. I have a word to say to you. You can't accuse me of breaking any laws. I mean to petition the governor for your removal. You go right ahead. I've been looking forward to a vacation in Mexico for a long time. You're not running out on us, Judge. Ben, what good will it do to try we and... cut in on every job we ever pulled. You're as guilty as Pete and me, and you're going to jail with us. Take the judge into custody, too, men. We'll see that he's prosecuted along with Pete and Ben. Gentlemen, how could you let your town fall into the hands of these scoundrels? Was it simply that you were afraid of them? Or were you so wrapped up in your own affairs that you didn't care who ran your government? I hope you realize now that what happened to Johnny Morton might have happened to any one of you. You might have been falsely accused of murder. Condemned without a fair trial and hanged. Well, what are you going to do about it? Send the crooks to jail. And what about afterwards? We'll make this a town to be proud of. Mr. Ashland, I, I want to thank you for saving my life. My boy, your thanks don't belong to me. They belong to the masked man who just left here. Who is he, sir? The greatest champion of justice the West has ever known. That was the Lone Ranger. Thank you.
is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. A part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.